So yeah. she's a nun, a pregnant nun, nun. Pregnant nun. From a guy in jail. From a guy in jail. And by let me add the other layer to this story. So my mom is actually my mom is white and then my dad is black. This is now we're talking like there's another whole other layer added into this, right? <laughs> Hey, my name is Billy Dad, and I'm a restaurateur obsessed with what it takes to create the most memorable meals ever. Having come up working almost every position in the business, I've seen how there are usually hundreds of details that need to be orchestrated perfectly to satisfy the highest of expectations among all those that food brings together. This mix in chemistry, or lack thereof, makes for mind-blowing storytelling about more than just what's on the plate. So in each episode, with a unique and unforgettable guest, we will discuss the power of food, the importance of coming together for meals, and unravel, explore, and discover a life-changing dining experience that has forever impacted lives. This is the Meal of Your Life Podcast. Hey, what's happening, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in. This week, I have an amazing interview with someone who I think will fascinate you. She might actually make you cry. Um, She will definitely have you laughing hysterically at times, uh, and hopefully she will inspire you as much as she's inspired me to try to make a difference in the world and help people in need. Um, We met back in 2009 after the brutal killing of one of her students by a mob of people, a mob of kids um, that was caught on YouTube and it went viral immediately. It was the most horrific thing. I do not suggest you look it up. Um, And I actually found out about it. It was so viral um, in Copenhagen as I was live on CNN talking about, as the Director of Cultural Relations for the Olympic Committee, why we had just lost the 2016 Olympic bid and why we were working on those sorts of things when this type of horrific situation and scenario existed in our hometown. It was a very, 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 very tough time. Um, But coming back, uh, part of my answer was that I was going to begin to volunteer more at these schools. And uh, the mayor sent me into the school because no other volunteers would come at the time. So um, this is what that beginning was like and how I discovered the principal who carried all of this weight on her shoulders and led the school to a tremendous um, historic turnaround. And uh, I hope you dig it. We're, we're, we're sitting at lunch, um, and so you'll hear that hustle and bustle in the background. Um, but I definitely know uh, you'll hear so many amazing stories inflections and vibes and 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 spirit in in our conversation that i hope um you carry with you and you do something with it here we go mayor daly would like you to go into fanger mm-hmm. where the international press has just been camping out and throwing these kids yep. under the bus and yep. making them feel like monsters and there's a heavy amount of security and yep. all the principals for a day backed out Yes, nobody would come. Yeah, no one would come. Which unbeknownst to me, so we had this list of like five. Yeah. And I'm thinking all five are going to show up. Yeah. And then it's you. Right, because they backed out. And so they said, listen, we lost all our our volunteers. We need you to go in. And I turned it on. It's on every channel, and it's the most brutal, horrible scenario ever. And they're just like, these kids are good kids, and they feel like they're being made out to be, you know, terrible people. So can you go in there? So I go in there. It's a little chaotic through the metal machines, looking for the principal in charge of all of this, Miss Dozier, <laughs> and they bring me to a young, bright, <laughs> bright-eyed, spunky, full of energy lady. And it was me. It was me. I and thought you, you were, were my principal for a day. I thought you were a young substitute teacher. I will take because that. Because you, you looked young. In, Thank you. In, you still look young. Thank you. I and, <laughs> 
it was your f first month. Yeah, it happened it was in my your first month, that which was it completely insane. Well, I remember it from my perspective. So all that stuff happened that you said, and I'm expecting like five people to show up and give me a list of these five businesses. He leaders. was killed on your watch, essentially. Like he was part of your. He was one of my students. So he was one of your students. He was. So I got this school 16 days before he was killed. What so did you do? What did you think? I don't even know how to describe what I thought. I mean, the heinous way in which it happened, um, and then it wasn't like it, just like I was like an observer. Like when it happened, like I went to the scene as like the police were like carting him off. You know, I followed them to Rosen Hospital where they were calling code blues. I was like there when they were taking him from an ambulance in Roseln to Christ Hospital, and I was there when his family uh, found out that he died and was out of the hospital. So. Little heavy. We're gonna like kind of be the reel it back <laughs> up, but um, yeah. And so, what are you trying to do at school? How do you, how do you lead? How do you lead? Um, well, here's what I do believe. I believe that all kids are good. Like kids aren't like they don't have this propensity towards like violence. They don't have a propensity towards like low expectations. It's just a matter of like their environment and who they you know who are who they're surrounded by. And we just decided on that day, like, we're going to take the school in a different direction. And so I believe that leaders are important, yes, but it's also, like, the whole team. It's also, like, those who are surrounding them. So, like, when you came that day, that was a really big deal. I mean, at the time, like, I didn't realize it, you were you. You know, I thought, like, who's this, like, young guy? Like, you know, so you, you, I mean, seriously, maybe, like, 22 years old. I'm like, who is this guy, like, coming in? But it was great because you brought this energy and you, you know, treated them... I don't know, like human being, which might like sound like, like what do you mean? But like, at, there was a time when you know they were in the newspaper and doing like quote unquote bad things or being like bad people, and like you being, uh, you know, you being there and like bringing your energy was like really impactful. Like kids talked about it like years later. You know what I'm saying? When Billy Dad came to our school, so it was a big deal. Made me have to come back, and then I came back. Then you came back. You came back multiple times, though. Yeah. You had the kids here at yeah. Sunda. We rolled sushi together. Yeah. Then the kid, did I ever tell you when they came back to the school after they visited you at Sunda? Did I tell you the story? No. So the kids come to Sunda through some program, I think through Embark or something. Yeah. Like they came here. And so they come off. It's like school's already dismissed. The kids are getting off the bus. They come out. I'm like greeting them at the bus, like saying bye to them. And this, these two kids walk up to me, and they're like... We, I mean, eyes big, like 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 they had seen like they had seen like another world, and we just went to Sunda and we rolled sushi, and then there was this man. I'm like, oh, who did you see? We saw this. We saw, we saw, <laughs> we saw this guy Billy. And I'm like, oh, did you? I was like, yeah, it's one of my friends. You saw him, yeah, and talked all about you. And like, and then like he was waiting us outside the restaurant. He was like catching a cab. We thought it was a cab, but then a black car pulls up. This is like an Uber. Like I guess you mean like a yeah. black Uber black. <laughs> and the kids were like, done. The kids were like, I want to be like Billy when I grow up. I'm like, shit, me, shit, me too. <laughs> when I grow up too, you know, like you made a big impression on them, which is cool. And then, and then we get asked to do Chicagoland on CNN. Which was so wild. But Wasn't they came. Crazy? No, the craziest thing is this. They didn't ask us together. They came at us separately. And they yeah. didn't realize we had four years by then of history. No, no. And, and we intertwined it. Yeah, I can remember them asking me, do you, do I, do you know this guy, Billy Duck? I'm like, of course. Yes, I know, Billy, I know who Billy Duck is. And uh, I remember them talking about, like, all the stuff that you were up to and, like, 
just like both in the philanthropic space and like with your businesses yeah. and like they called you the uh, the mayor of Chicago. I mean, you guys are the mayor of Chicago, like the mayor of Chicago. You know, like you were just like in all these different spaces and they did. I don't love that. You don't love that? <laughs> You know who really doesn't love that? <laughs> the mayor. <laughs> the mayor. <laughs> you hosted something here at the restaurant for us. We raised like over $100,000 in one night, which is a big deal, which sent literally like dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of kids off to college. That money was used to help them college entrance fees, bus tickets, college applications, you know, stuff they needed for like their dorm room, like things they really couldn't afford. That's really cool. Yeah, I never so followed up on that. Yeah, that's I that, never. That, that, I never That's thought to ask what where the money went. Where the I know where the money went, but I didn't know where it ultimately yeah. went with the kids, and that's yeah. awesome. All like little small like little things, hundred dollars here, three yeah. dollars there to pay really? for things they needed. Yeah, yeah. That's and really that, cool. That got a lot of kids off where they needed to be, which is a really big deal. They wouldn't have gotten there without. That's really it, cool. Who's gonna? We're talking about tens of thousands of dollars. Um, and the coolest part about that was we had we had all these great potential funders in the room, uh -huh. and the surprise was that. We brought out all the Fenger students in white jackets who had cooked all the food for them, and they didn't know it. Oh and so at the end, I said, did you enjoy the food? And they all clapped. And then I said, well, let's bring out the chefs. That's and they were right. all Fenger students. That's right. I remember you chasing down a gang and breaking your shoe. Oh, God. Everybody remembers that. <laughs> I think everybody remembers that. It was my favorite. That. Dude, like, but the I best part just is, gotten the best, shoes. The best I just want to say is, that. I, I know you. I know that's you. Like that was just an example. Like they got legit. I was happy other people got to see it. I already know <laughs> that's what you do. Legit. <laughs> legit. I just. I oh no! Just you didn't break my shoe. <laughs> you were what screaming at gangbangers that most people would never on a on a corner. Most people would never yeah. be on, and you were screaming at them because you broke your shoe chasing them down. Because they were my kids. I'm like, what the hell's going on? You know, like <laughs> the hell. And then I broke my shoe. <laughs> I just bought those shoes, by the way, but that's fine. So, yeah. so you've been in that crazy scenario. You've been in the crazy scenario that we talked about from the very beginning with, you know, you've actually had students killed and it's, it's, it's hot. And it's, it's just such a hard thing for, for someone in, in a position like yours, just from your own, like own personal situation yeah. in a very honest way. How did you keep pushing through? I mean, it's probably not the best answer, but this is the truth. I mean, I have a, like, I have faith, you know, like I believe in something bigger than myself. I believe in doing good. And I felt like, what, what was the alternative? Like people have told me like to quit, like nobody would fault me for quitting, you know, like it was, the school yeah. was like a hot mess and it was, it was very complicated, but then what? Like what happens to all those kids? You know, so I, I don't know, it was just a bigger, yeah. I always felt it was like bigger than me. I felt it was bigger than me. And then the question that I have always thought about since I had cooked there a couple times, I'd yeah. made some healthy food uh, options through Common Threads and some other organizations with these kids. It blew my mind that I thought I was going to show them a really great recipe having to do with, for instance, a turkey burger as opposed to a regular burger yeah. or uh, <clears throat> adding um, fruit to a salad, for instance. And what blew my mind in the process was the, what I was showing them that was new was, was, was even a step before that. Like they were holding the fruit and looking at the colors mm -hmm. and pushing it. Like they didn't have a lot of access to it. Mm -hmm. And 
they weren't caring that it was a turkey burger. They never seen someone make a burger. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. the, like some of the kids were like, "That's the first time I've seen someone actually mix, right. you know, herbs and, and 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 pepper and some other you know vegetables and onions into mm -hmm. the meat and mm -hmm. form our own patties and then." Mm -hmm. And any principal in Chicago could tell you this, something yeah. on the south and west sides, and you probably even some of the north side schools too, of like kids coming in like first thing in the morning, flaming hot, hot pickles, like candy, like these like, again, not even foods, like food substitutes. And obviously that impacts like how they show up and how they are in classrooms, like their attention spans, their ability to concentrate, like all those things are connected. And if you can imagine a kid eating all that food like over time and how that just impacts like their, I mean, it really impacts their ability to just focus, concentrate and do well in school. And so that's why um, programs like what you were talking about when you came to Finger was such a big deal because it was allowing kids to experience food in a different way and actual food, not like a bunch of food substitutes. Um, they can see how it's you know relevant and important in their in their own lives. I mean, different. Cause no one's really talking about that. Yeah. Like when you when you're working at a basic level of survival, no one's talking about like you know, how to eat healthy and how to like, you know, those, those are kind of higher up on Maslow's hierarchy. And so that's why things like what you did were a, were a really big deal. Where's that gonna go from here? I don't know where it's gonna go from here. I mean, I think where I'd like it to go from here is where people um, in our communities and across the city are lobbying for better foods for young people. I mean, I can't even tell you like, I never ate out of the cafeteria of our school. Like I never ate out of the cafeteria of our school. Like it was, I don't even know how to describe I mean, it was disgusting. Like, I thought, um, I remember lobbying CPS, like, I wanted a salad bar. Like, can we get a freaking salad bar? They were like, they had the capacity to give, like, 10 school salad bars, so we, like, lobbied to get one, and we didn't wind up getting it. But, I mean, how impactful could that be if the kids just have access to, like, a salad? Yeah. You know, like, a fresh salad every day. Um, but I think that's ultimately what needs to happen is, like, parents, community groups, everyone needs to be lobbying for actual foods inside of schools, like not food substitutes and a lot of processed foods. So that's what I think. I think we should tell everybody how you come to my picnic once a year and it's the only time you eat off the roast pig. Dude, okay, I don't even <laughs> mess with pig like that. Let me just tell you, let alone a pig. Are you pig a vegetarian? Who is like, no, I'm not a vegetarian. I'll dabble sometimes in meat, but I'm not eating like a whole animal on a on nope. A, on I don't a, do the whole fish with the head way. either. I don't oh, do yeah? anything like full body. So there, every year <laughs> you have like this roasted pig. I mean, it's a full pig. It's got to be like what three or four feet long, <laughs> snout. We had hooves attached. Like everything is like in full formation. Okay, and then. I remember the first time I saw it sitting there and I was like, okay. <laughs> You're like, no, no, try it, try it. I didn't want to be rude, so of course I tried it and it's my one time a year that I yeah. have like. Because my mom's standing right over it. You know, we're traditional Filipino household. Could, it's, it's a how real. How can I say no to your mom too? I mean, it's just like good. It's, it's delicious. It's my once per year like, you know, roasted the, pig. The best part was the first time you were apprehensive, pleasantly surprised. The second year, you already knew how you were going in. Oh, I was going back for it. <laughs> it's my once right here. I was going back for it. Like, it was a done deal. I don't even know you said hi. Like, you knew exactly which piece you were taking. right to there. <laughs> it was so good. A lot of people talk about their favorite foods having to do with the way in which they were brought up. And you mentioned your mom. Can you tell us a story about your parents and how they got together? 
oh and how God. that influenced your how my, life. How my, how my parents got together. Do you really want this story? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to give you an abbreviated version of this. Don't take it lightly, though. Uh, give so, it to us juicy. So, you know, wow. My mom was, my mom went to the convent to become a nun when she was 18 years old. Stayed in the convent for almost 20 years. So about a little over halfway to that tenure of like being a nun, she was doing a prison ministry over at Cook County Jail, teaching people how to read. So she meets this person who was incarcerated, who unbeknownst to anybody would become my dad. Uh, she meets my dad. I love your face right now. It's, your it's, face it's, is it's just so lit crazy. up. It's so crazy. So she meets my dad. She's actually teaching him how to read and develop this friendship. So he's at Cook County Jail. Ultimately, he gets sentenced for what he did and then starts moving around the prison system in Illinois. So he went from a maximum security ultimate to a minimum security prison and kind of in between. And so over the course of that, I think it was like another eight, nine years, they developed this friendship and she would go to visit him. So. He gets to a minimum security prison, and we'll just we'll, we'll, we'll abbreviate the story just to say my mom winds up pregnant with me as a nun, um, and as had, a nun, as a nun, I never told you this part. As no, a nun, as a nun, as a nun. <laughs> so then she she realizes she's pregnant, and then she decides. By the way, I'm only laughing for all those to, listeners out there is because Liz's face is lit up so bright crazy. and so happy. It's so but crazy. You're, but you're so happy. It, it, it's it's hilarious. It just goes to show you, I think that like. You just never know, man. You never know what light, what rose life is going to take you yeah. down and how stuff like turns out. And I mean, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be so here. So she's a nun, a pregnant nun, nun. Pregnant nun. From a guy in jail. From a guy in jail. And by the way, to add the other layer to this story. So my mom is actually, my mom is white and then my dad is black. This is, now we're talking like there's another whole other layer <laughs> added into this, right? So my mom And this decides, is in like the 70s. Yeah, like 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mom decides that like she's going to leave the convent and she's gonna like start this whole other life so she has me starts this whole other life then my dad got out of jail like five years later and that's when they well they got married when she was in he was in prison but then they actually like we lived together and all that but yeah that's how best story ever yes so how did that influence you uh i think it gave me a great compassion for people you know like i realized that like because I used to be really embarrassed by the story. Like, I would never tell that story. I mean, it was like a, like a thing where I felt like kind of ashamed. It was kind of a weird. Like, your mom was a nun and your dad was like in prison. Like, that's like kind of like messed up. Like, people just like talk about that stuff. And then um, as I got like older, I realized like, you know what? It is what it is. And that's like how I came about. And uh, I don't know, it's given me a great compassion for people to realize like how complex situations are, like how schooling affects people. So, like, my dad. Like to this day, still has trouble reading, right? But my dad, if you met him, is one of the best people you'll ever meet. He's so smart and so kind. What were meals like growing up for um, you? Pretty horrible. Like my sister and I will tell you this. Like my mom, we had seven meals total. So we had uh, frozen pizza. We had pork chops, um, meatloaf. It was always like that breakfast option, like that I'm not gonna cook dinner, so like grab a bowl of cereal <laughs> option. Um, yeah, not too appetizing, very bland. Yeah. So that's why um, once I went to college and you know, just got like a little more experience in the world, mm -hmm. it was like, holy cow, there's flavor, there's seasonings in the world, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, because meals are not that good, bland. Because my mom, if you think about it, she never really cooked. So she grew up um, 
and like her mom cooked. They were her mom was like Polish, so kind of like you know the thing like Polish style meals. And then when she went to the convent, like they don't cook. Like there's like other nuns that like do all that stuff. And then she decides all of a sudden to warp speed and have a family. I mean, she didn't know. I mean, it was like frozen TV dinners. If you could do anything else right now, what would you be doing? Oh my God. Your spirit is so fantastic. Like, I feel like you could be doing... Do you want the real answer? You just lit up like crazy. Yeah, I want that answer. Whatever just made that face, I want that answer. Dude, I think if I could be doing anything aside from what I'm doing now, or what I'm doing now, I would be traveling a lot more. Like, I would be like out in the world a lot more. Okay, so. Yes. Meal of your life. Okay. This is your moment to just share anything about a particular meal that meant a lot to you. That is perhaps unforgettable, perhaps something that changed the course of your life or just had an impact that you find very important to who you are today. Okay. Can I give you, instead of giving you one long story, can I just give you three bites of like these three meals? I mean, these are three meals. You're just, you can serve it to me like a meal with like a, a, an appetizer, a main course, and a dessert. Okay. So we'll get, the, we'll get the, like, the messy one out of the way first. <laughs> so the first meal I would say that impacted my life, so uh, I was in Italy actually and uh, was in Venice and wound up, was w traveling, with a, traveling with my boyfriend at the time, and we wound up like breaking up like in Venice. What? So, yeah, I never told you the story. So we- That's a very complicated we, place to break up oh, because- Oh, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. So There's we break so many up. different channels and bridges <laughs> and it's like a maze. No, it totally is. So we wind up breaking up, we're across the world, like we're in Italy, right? And- Why did you break up? Was it over dinner? No, it wasn't over dinner. Did you talk it, it out over a meal? We didn't talk out over a meal. We wound up talking out over in this like beautiful park overlooking like, I mean, it was like a gorgeous space. I don't know the best place to break up, but, um, so we wound up breaking up and I wind up traveling back to Rome. Was it a smart, com like a calm conversation or did you yell? Were you no, that I'm couple? Were you those two no. Americans in Italy no. yelling at each totally. other? Totally. <laughs> it was the most like, You're I not a chill. yeller. No, I'm not. Cause I just, I think it was a yeller at one point in my life. And then I realized that like there's so many more, much more serious things like then yeah. two people can't talk it out like then what, right. you know what I mean? I don't know. So we break up in Venice. I decide, okay, I'm not staying, I'm not finishing out the vacation. We have like a week vacation plan. I'm not finishing out the vacation. So I, we, we part ways and I wind up taking the train back into Rome. So if you know from Venice to Rome, it's like this four hour train ride. So here I am in Rome, my first time in Italy, like just broke up, an emotional wreck, but I'm like, okay, I've got 24 hours, I'm gonna hop on a plane back to Chicago. So um, get into Rome and I go see like some of like, the major sites, the Colosseum and all this stuff. And so it's nighttime, so I'm going out to dinner. So I'm in, I'm in a mess, right? I just broke up with this guy who I've been with for, like almost like over a year. And I'm sitting in this like beautiful, if you can picture it, like this beautiful Italian like plaza and there's like music playing and people dancing and wine being poured and like, it's, I'm, you know, I order this like pasta and wine. I'm like still like emotional, right? But I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm like forcing myself to like try to like engage in this experience because I'm leaving out to Chicago at the next flight in the morning. And I wound up sitting next to this like couple from Australia and this is an older couple and we didn't speak for like, I would say half of my meal and all of a sudden they start talking to me and we just had this like great conversation and we were talking about life and love and like all this stuff. And it was like the coolest conversation ever because it made me realize that like, even like in the darkest hours or when things are like so like 
you know, like just not good. There's always like a bright spot. And there's all these people to kind of help, you know, push you along and give you some encouragement. And they were just like really encouraging. So that was. And don't you think because fun. food was right there, it makes it sort well, it's of. Connected. Yeah. It's like we were sharing, even though they were like. I mean, they were like not even a foot from me because you know when yeah. those plazas that pack people in. It was like we were sharing a meal and we were talking about the food and like it was just like it's, it's crazy, Billy. It's like crazy. So that's one. I don't know if we have time for the other food two. Bring, but food brings you together with amazing does. people and situations and scenarios. Well, food and wine and like the ambiance behind it and like just it's like a like a little mini like fellowship, right? By so the way, what did you order? I did this a big plate. I mean, I'm in Italy. This big like plate of like fresh pasta with like this beautiful like tomato sauce and this amazing glass of like red wine like probably one of the best well so I'm telling you probably one of the best meals it was really good so that's one the other one was when I was in Israel and I never thought I would be like in Israel this is a couple, like almost two years ago and I found myself with a table of friends sitting literally on a pier in the Sea of Galilee with like these beautiful, it was in the, in the middle of the night, like eight o'clock, a late dinner, and there's like, these beautiful lights they had strung out over this restaurant on this pier, and there's like, there had to be like 25 of us on this like long table, and there was like wine and this amazing like food, and it just, uh, again, with that fellowship and that camaraderie and tasting foods I never tried before, and the, the spices of it, and like, the, I don't know, laughing, and, and then we're seeing the Sea of Galilee, in Israel, so it had like historical implications, religious implications, and like you know, just to be in the Middle East was like amazing. So that was is that about a year and a half ago. Is that the first time you kind of had that food? Oh, totally. Most yeah, most definitely. Besides some like the traditional thing that like, they had like you know like hummus like that type of stuff in the mix, there was like food that I had never heard of before, never tasted before, and most of the people I was with, we were all in the same boat, so we were like kind of tasting and sampling and trying, and it was uh, it was interesting. It was good. It was really good. And the last one was when I was in China. So I go to, <laughs> I'm not, you know, dude, this is the best the way, meals of my so, life. What's so great is like, you just got done talking about, like if you could do anything, you'd travel. And all three of the meals of your life are in different That's countries. That's true. Where half of the story a strong majority of the story actually is about the surroundings and right. literally as you're telling me these stories I can hear the sounds the visuals right. the the spirit the vibe well that's what makes it I think I think like like half of like food is like we're experiencing with like the ambiance like it's why you put such like great detail like everything you do right I remember I don't know if you remember this conversation we were sitting in Sunda um and we were talking about like how you, you know, like the lighting and how you like crafted things and how you pay attention to details. And I think that's why, I and mean, that's why this is so successful. It's like the food is amazing and you come and you get this amazing experience. Like you're off in a different land, but it's like, it's a whole vibe. It's a whole experience. And so that's really powerful. So yeah. China. And then China. <laughs> so China, I go to China, take some students over to China and we were in Qingdao. It was my first time over in Asia. Never had been before. And, and we're walking in this restaurant. And all, if, you, if you've been to like these open markets and these restaurants are inside, you, this is totally like par for the course. But if you've never been like in an open market restaurant before, this is like, it was overwhelming. Like there was actually like 
eels and these different fish. Everything's like live, and like octopus, and like the water doesn't look especially clean, and the fish are in, and this is where your fish are coming from. And whole, like, whole animals with heads and your oh favorite. God, and they're alive. Okay, they're alive. <laughs> they are not dead. They are alive. And the host who was hosting us was so excited. This was like one of the best restaurants in Qingdao. And so I'm trying to be like act all amped up and the kids are freaking out. They're like, because eh, it's like, we're going to eat that. What's going on? We sit down and the meal was like amazing. And it, to this day, I don't think I've had flavors and textures like that, like back in the U.S., but it was... Uh, was a whole experience of it in itself. It was my best meal because it was the first time I realized I could see something different in my life. I, I didn't have to, it was my first time out of the country. I mean, well, not first time out of the country, but you know, like really, not like Mexico or like the Caribbean, or like Central America, like dude, we're on a real plane going somewhere real other than that. Now those places aren't real, but uh, that was like a really big deal. I love how all three of those clearly are in foreign lands with foreign flavors, foreign visuals, foreign sounds, foreign people. Yes, you yeah. do need to travel. I do. It's part of your DNA. I can see you lighten up. No, it's totally part of my DNA. And the other good meal I had was in second grade when we had, do you remember the ham, like little slices of ham, and they had the cheese embedded in the ham? Do you remember that? Yeah. Another good you just broke say. my theory though. <laughs> I know, I totally messed you up. All right, my thanks to Liz. Do you not love her as much as I do? She's an amazing person. Uh, you can find her at Liz Dozier, D-O-Z-I-E-R. Uh, she's now the managing director of Chicago Beyond. You should look that up because they are giving away millions of dollars to these fantastic philanthropic organizations. She is still exponentially helping people. <laughs> she fascinates me. So if you can get involved with that, support her. Um, please do. Please volunteer. Um, and thank you so much for coming back to the show. Uh, we appreciate you sharing something like this with your social media um, outlets, your friends, your family, email it out. Things like this are really important. Um, they do lead to people actually being inspired to help, and that help can go a long way. So I leave this with you. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, as always, please ask people to sub subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and Stitcher. When you do that, and, and it's great, uh, it not only gives me a lot of um, inspiration and excitement to keep on going and find great interviews like this, but it really makes those platforms hold it out to the rest of the world saying, hey, new people, you need to listen to this stuff too. And if that happens with interviews like this, who knows what can happen. As always, I'm at Billy Deck, D-E-C, uh, on all my social channels. And check out my website, billydeck.com. Uh, it's got everything that I'm up to from the restaurants to movies and uh, philanthropic initiatives and uh, different lifestyle scenarios that I think you'll dig. I just appreciate you. Thank you so much.